You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 163, where we will be discussing chapter 13 of City of Fallen Angels, Girl Found Dead. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. This sounds like one of our podcasts, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Or TV shows. What? The true crime. Yeah. Crime scene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I was like, this, are we not, you, you kind of scared no. me. Like, are we not doing our podcast <laughs> right now? Like, what is going on? <laughs> it's a Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. Oh, oh have you, Amanda, have you ever good. seen the SNL, um, like, murder girl skit where, oh, my God, no. it's like, they're do it's like one of their like uh, fake songs or parody songs or whatever and it's about mm-hmm. women who are like oh yeah go out with your friends so i can like get cozy and watch a murder show like then, like the second verse is like and then once i watch a show about this then i'm gonna do the podcast and read the book about the same case to like get all of the details yeah so, like yes i've yes. done that yeah. Well, you're. I've watched a 2020 that I also saw on Dateline just to see how they compare do it and contrast. Absolutely, there might be new evidence yes. that you don't know about. Yes. Absolutely, got to get my news. A everywhere. new Netflix like little mini documentary, like mini series documentary. I'm like all about it. Fuck. Yes. Did you watch the Murdoch one? Do you prefer? Yes. I was like. That's the one that's been on 2020 like three times and Dateline. I've seen I've, them all. I fucking sobbed watching that one. In the Did very you? beginning. Well, because of the, the girl and everything, I was just like, fuck. It was very heartbreaking. Sad. She was, it doesn't matter, but God, she was mm-hmm. gorgeous. Okay, look. I don't watch that stuff because I have high anxiety. But question. <laughs> do you prefer like if someone's just spitting facts? Like, this is what happened, blah, 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 and they're discussing it. Or, like, one of those shows where they have, like, dramatization, like, where there's actors on, like, like fake stuff. Or do you prefer, like, how they redid the like the Jeffrey Dahmer thing as, like, Ooh, a movie? No, I, that's my least oh, favorite. God, those are a lot of good options. My least favorite is the, like, dramatization, like, I'm going to make a movie about it. Of course. That's not... You got to make fun of it. Yeah. You watch it and you're like, right, because that's how yeah. it went, right? Yeah. I have a very specific taste when it comes to, like, the dramatization, like, the reenactments and stuff. It has to be, like, a, like, investigation discovery. Like, it has to be a cheesy show for me to want to watch it with the, like, weird, like, it has to be, like, totally, like, they, they corralled a a acting class and, like, fucking, yeah, (laughs) like, I don't know, some place. I don't Fresno. I'm, I'm like just trying to think of some random. And there's like a <laughs> Anchorage. <Yeah. clears throat> and they're like, you'll do. Well, and it's like they they put like a um, what is it like a where they change the color of the camera lens? Oh you yeah, know, over it. Put like it it's in darker like somehow or whatever. <laughs> and then like the narrators and the music, it's like dun dun. <laughs> That's, that's like, and then over the top of it, it's like not a real. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, they had cameras there and everything. (laughs) It's amazing. 
It took so it's long. It's like to when you Victor. see white people trying to like ha- have problems. Well, on that's the what uh, was with the Murdaugh thing <clears throat> was they had some recordings and then they had because Netflix did it. They like really fit in the dramatizations to fit in with the recordings, and he's like, "How do they have all of this?" And I'm like, "Some of it's not. I don't think some of it's real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> some of it's security cameras, and then they're reenacting it to look mm. the same or have the similar feel." Anyway, sorry, Robin. What were you saying? Oh, that's okay. I was just gonna say it's like when they're doing like infomercials and white people are trying to like <laughs> chop fruit, and it's like flying everywhere. <laughs> How do you do this? It's like getting in their hair and stuff, yeah. I am still yeah. not over that that Kendall Jenner cutting a cucumber thing. Weird. I was just like, just... I don't even understand. Have you ever held anything in your hands? <laughs> Speechless, yeah. <laughs> Who does that? What are you doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Shamwell. <laughs> Oh, my God. No, I think my favorite, though, are the Dateline sort of mm-hmm. situations where they're interviewing the real people and they're getting. Although I do notice because I've seen like all of them that when the interviewer asks a question like, oh, that must have been really disturbing to you, wasn't it? Or something like that. They're like, it was very disturbing to me. Like they repeat what the question mm-hmm. was sort of thing. Like, I don't anyway. It, well, and those are always. <laughs> Almost all of the people. And those it. are the ones that you know that like that's their media training. That's them like not having an answer and like t- being told like, okay, well, if you need to do this, do this or whatever. Anyway. Oh, is there anything anyone wants to touch on before we get started? Yes, I have to say something. <gasps> do it on the record and it is that today my four-year-old booed me <laughs> i was asking him he was pretending your four-year-old something, and I asked booed him to you something and i was wrong and he goes yeah he goes no boo <laughs> okay <laughs> that's all that's just, that's where i am in life <laughs> i love it mine used to go boring i was trying to tell him something and i'm like bro come on that's hilarious. Car safety is not boring. <laughs> it is. Um, oh my my, my only for the record here is um, it's I was out of town for a work trip, so we're off our normal, mm. regularly programmed scheduling recording. Mm-hmm. So if you hear my children, um, they love you, and so do I. Spring break. And, sorry. Let them spring go break. wild. Our spring break isn't for another week. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh. All right. Are you guys ready to cut the chick chat? Okay. And kick things off with Robin's recap? Yeah. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Our broody boys are hanging out in the back of the sanctuary watching Shiz go down with Camille. It's not long before Izzy arrives to give the 411, and I wrote 412, and I don't know what that means. 412 is my grandma's address. <laughs> okay. A little it's apparently it's just a little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> On what happened at Riverside Drive to Jace who runs upstairs to see Clary. Isabel's done some reflecting in the last twenty four hours and pulls Simon aside to talk. The conversation is deeper than surface level and trauma is laid out. Izzy tells Simon about the inappropriate <laughs> I think Kristen, I think you need to inappropriate. do that. Inappropriate. 
Thank you. Uh, truth bomb that Maris laid out for Izzy after her disaster of a marriage. Simon calls Izzy on some of her deeper seated issues, and surprisingly, the conversation ends amicably. Returning to the scene inside, Simon's left to converse with a prisoner, and Camille's trying to still get him to join the dark side. <coughs> They're interrupted by Magnus and a confused Alec arriving. Magnus agrees to speak to Camille, saying that she might want to talk because they, you know, used to be an item. Upstairs, things are getting hot and heavy with Clace. They take things further than they have before after a brief conversation and shoddy explanation about Jace's avoidance. Mm -hmm. We're saved from the cringe by a literal stabbing as Jace's dark dreams come to life and he, like, stabs Clary's <laughs> arm. I guess it's not a stab. It's a slice. slice he was like yeah. fruit ninja. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I thought you were a cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. Uh, Robin, I want you to think of Filch's voice when I say, Oh my, we are in trouble. <laughs> we are in trouble. Who the fuck is Filch? <laughs> it's from Harry Potter, but it's the same oh. actor that was in Game of Thrones. Who's what was his name? Walter Frey. Walter oh. Frey. Okay. Yeah. We are in trouble. I know that's not. Yep. <laughs> That's my version. In a glaring example of Robin's point last week, Alec is being an insufferable prat. <laughs> it's bad. I was reading it, obviously, and I was like, I should have saved that for this chapter. And I didn't so even read ahead. Night and day. I forgot. I even I thought last week was kind of mild. And I thought that was like the extent of it. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, he's being immature. And then I read this and I was like, oh, wait, no, I forgot. <laughs> Which is so funny because you're, you're right about, you were right last week. Red Scrolls, he's a completely different characterization. Mm -hmm. Like, the timeline right. does not fit. It doesn't, and I'm, but again, I will say, I am not a big fan of this Alec. So I'm okay yeah. that it was yeah. a different I point I think it would have been more or, jarring to go back and do, like, a prequel like that and change his character from what people had been reading him as uh-huh mm -hmm. i i mean mm -hmm. i know it's not everybody's favorite book anyway and i think it would have made it kind of unreadable mm -hmm. for me personally um so apparently alec was under the illusion magnus uh, had been celibate for his centuries long existence <laughs> or right. something that charisma just goes unused yeah <laughs> Exactly. He could never. Uh, Magnus assures the bewildered shadow hunters that he hasn't seen Camille for more than 130 years. And yes, his long list of paramours included, quote, men and women. I'm paraphrasing. Um, fairies and warlocks and vampires and even a gin, a gin or two. So Maris escapes the awkward with Kahir. She's like, I've got some shit to handle. <laughs> I don't need to hear about this. Yep. Leaving Alec to spin out on the recent revelation about his boyfriend's dating history. Listen, the I last time someone had used the word paramour that I remember, and not the uh -huh. emo band, was uh -huh. um, Pedro Pascal's <laughs> character in Game of Thrones. So thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes, Dude, seriously. You. If I... 
for real though, for real, because I I can already feel it. Like TikTok has has converted you into a Pedro is daddy girl. Um, Always. It was like that before. To be fair. Well, right. Like he's. Mm. Anyway, The Last of Us. I swear to God, you will die. It's so good. <laughs> Do you like how serious I am, Amanda? I love it. I you will become God. deceased. <laughs> you will die. Man, if aliens heard the way we talk, I'm sure they would be very confused. Oh, this is getting cast out. <laughs> like, don't let this make you think this is what humanity is. Don't let is. this be the thing they find. They're using our podcast to decide if they should come here or not. (laughs) I said it before two weeks ago and I will say it again. The more I hang out with like, quote, regular people, the more I just see that I'm so fucking weird. Most people's brains don't work like this. And I didn't know. You bitches hoodwinked me. I thought we were all the same. You just got lucky and found two of us. (laughs) For real. I was talking to someone about, like, the sharp noises hurting my ear. And they're like, whoa, that's a, what? And I was like, it's painful. It feels like someone's literally stabbing me in the brain. That's weird. Oh, is it now? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> oh, God, it's too okay. late at night, you oh. guys. We're, <laughs> we're off our game. I'm not going to stop laughing. Fucking dying. Oh, okay. Uh, So I have a couple of quotes this chapter. This was a very, like, quotable chapter. Same, yeah. (laughs) Uh, How many other people, Alec asked roughly, guesstimate for me. Uh, Magnus shook his head. I can't count, and it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how I feel about you. More than a hundred, Alec said. (laughs) Magnus looked blank. Two hundred? I can't believe we're having this conversation now, Magnus said to no one in particular. Simon was inclined to agree and wished they weren't having it in front of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what did we decide? He's between like five and seven hundred years old. Right. Yes. Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> oh, I mean, OK, gosh. hold on. So wait, let me do the math real quick. About what my number was at 25. And then (laughs) multiply. I know, but like, okay, so take that and then, okay, so another 25 years. Uh Uh-huh. You know. Right. What's 500 divided by 25? (laughs) Right. (laughs) 25. 25. All right. <laughs> it was a trick question. You guys are laughing, but I don't know. I wouldn't have. I, you, you did. <laughs> okay, yeah. you guys. Shit. Yeah, this is serious. And I'm, I'm laughing Robin's using a calculator. <laughs> oh, guys, the joke's funny now. I did it. <laughs> Oh, I suck. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. So, um, so yes, the question is, my number would be over 200 as well, <laughs> if we're going by that math. <laughs> so, Alec Wonder is allowed if Magnus tends to get bored with his lovers, like, often. Um, and then the combo turns uncomfortably intimate for the setting. <laughs> When Magnus has to remind his 18-year-old boyfriend that he ain't ever gonna die and, like, 80% of the people he fucks have pretty mundane lifespans. Right. But imagine having the same... My options are limited. Like, your number is increasing in the same amount that it was increasing when you were in your 20s. Like, that's Magnus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm hot and I look like I'm 19. Well, he's still what has is... the body of a 19-year-old. He's, you know. He's right. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> well, and, like, very bold of Alec to assume, like, that uh-huh. Magnus is the issue. I don't know. Like, he, like Magnus got bored of Camille, so he dumped her, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think this situation is a product of, obviously, massive insecurity Right? Because he's, like, brand new to this. And Magnus is so much more experienced. And the the surprise factor of, like, don't know that he knew the kind... Like, don't know that he knew maybe, like, that Magnus saw women, too. Or uh-huh. maybe he wasn't sure. Or, like, it just they hadn't broached any of those subjects. And so it was very, like, caught off guard. Which only increases the insecurity. Like, I mean, I see how this played out. This makes sense. This, and to me, like, okay, going from reading Red Scrolls, as we mm-hmm. talked about in the Alec difference, um, that's neither here nor there. This feels very genuine for an 18-year-old to have that reaction. Yes. It's, it's I feel like I would have been the same way. Absolutely. Been in that I position. It's, it's very. Here. Um, yeah. I'm probably not in front of people, but I think yeah. I was that crazy that I would have probably yeah. been Alec. A hundred percent. All of it. Yeah. So I'm not. He's 18. He is able to have it's this conversation. Re- it's, it's just cringy. Yeah. yeah. It's just cringy <laughs> For to sure. be involved in it. But it's, it's genuine. It's good writing. I think it makes sense. I think it's yeah. weird to go between the Alex. Again, but that's not how it was mm-hmm. written yeah. originally. Yeah. So anyway, we're bringing it up, so, but I'm not dogging on it, I guess. Right. So Magnus is most certainly failing to read the fucking room because he presses with the most immature line. Like, he's giving book one Simon vibes. Okay? Wait, mm. you mean Alec? Yes. Yeah, Alec. But okay. Alec is giving book one Simon. Right vibes yeah so alec looked as if someone had hit him so you just stay with them as long as they live and then you find someone else magnus didn't say anything he looked at alec his eyes shining like a cat's would you rather i spent all of eternity alone fuck right like it's like he forgot that he's going to live forever like literally forever Uh right not just your forever Right. Well, and, like, this is why major age gaps don't work. Mm. And, like, I love it for the realism. A hundred percent this would be an issue for an insecure 18-year-old dating a much older person. 
much more experienced. But this is Alec and Magnus, and I don't like it. So please make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> this is torture. Uh, finally, Alec manages to rub his last two reasonable brain cells together and extricates himself with a mumbled excuse to like go in search of his sister. And in case you guys forgot, Simon's been here the whole time. (laughs) He picks up uh, on the way Magnus watches Alec leave. And it's kind of like when you go to buy a car thinking you're going to get like one thing, but then you get on the lot and you and they're like well what about this and you're like I've never even seen that car before in that color and then you leave the lot and then you see it everywhere like I think that's kind of the vibe we've got here right now because mm-hmm. Simon's been contemplating his newfound immortality and so he's like highly attuned to the actions of his deathless brethren brethren mm-hmm. <laughs> deathless yeah. Or like when your friend gets a new car and then you start seeing them everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I yeah. Faux show. So, okay, so I'm sorry, but this scene has a lot of quote a lot of quotable lines. So this is an absolute must. Uh Magnus notices Simon watching, and this is the exchange that follows. Eavesdropping vampire. I really don't love it when people call me that, Simon said. I have a name. I supposed I- I suppose I'd better remember it. After all, in a hundred, two hundred years, it'll just be you and me. Magnus regarded Simon thoughtfully. We'll be all that's left. Bro, can we not with the heavy shit? Like, I can't handle this. I mean, the emotional, which obviously we're in Simon's point of view still. Yes. Okay. And it's like just the emotional roller coaster he's gone through in the last, like, Mm -hmm contemplating you know our shadow hunters the good guys i know you yeah. know how they're treating people and i know camille's like evil but you know they're not treating me well and then like dealing with his immortality and all that stuff like oh my god just one two punch after the other and then the talk with izzy mm-hmm. uh-huh well in, in my part um we get to where magnus is talking to camille and he kind of has a flashback thinking about the last time he saw her and like it brings him back to London and obviously what's the last series we read you know all of that was Mm -hmm. and so I imagine that that's sort of on his mind even now when he's saying this to Simon like look this bitch is the last one of that group of people and Uh you and I will be of these you know so to him it's probably really I don't know anyway that's just well and I'm sure it's one of those things where it's like (laughs) I'm like, yeah, Simon got turned into a rat at his house, right? But like, they're not friends. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I don't think they're he's not like, friends oh, yet. the two run crew or whatever. So I think he's also kind of like irritated at Alec. And so then he's just like, it's another like jab, like, oh, yeah, again, not literally not going to die. Right. So, yeah. so quick yeah. reminder in case, you know, in case anyone was wondering. So Simon's stomach is uh, free falling um, as he recalls the plot to Twilight and recognizes Edward's plight as a perpetual teenager is now his. The existential dread begins to seep in from all sides before Magnus snaps him out of it. (laughs) Their conversation is cut short when Maris returns and Simon stands awkwardly to the side as she and Magnus discuss Camille's interrogation. Um, 
And it's decided that Magnus will speak to the Blood Queen privately um, and relay whatever insight he can to Maris um, and the others after. And when Simon speaks up, like, do you need anything for me? Like, I did find her. Like, I helped you. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, reminding everyone that, like, he's still there. Maris kind of flippantly dismisses him. Um, and, like, that coupled with the added stinging reminder that while Magnus is immortal like him and there's that similarity um he you know and he's half demon even he can still go into the institute he's still much more integrated in their life than simon could ever be um simon is still relegated to his ex-girlfriend's unconsecrated garage like (laughs) it's no no bueno um Hopping on over to the runners-up for the most toxic fictional couple of the early aughts, Jace is on the floor brooding because he just stabbed his sister-wife in a fit of lustful insanity. Uh, which one do you I think she's more like? I can hear the banjo in the background. Like, ding, 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 ding. Like, no, the actual sister's wives. Who do you think Clary's most like? I have no idea. Probably Christine. She, oh, okay, okay. I think she a Mary. I don't know. Mm. I no. don't know. I don't. That's. I think Maris is a Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch that show, but I know enough. <laughs> Uh, so Jace is coming down from his episode of violent rage, I guess. Um, and Clary, who has been sliced open from elbow to wrist, is hanging on to the knife uh, her boyfriend just used to slash her up. Quote, more to reassure him than uh, because she needed it to defend herself. No. N-O. Fucking No. I know this whole part. I was just like, he just stabbed you. What are we doing? Who? What? Where is your mother? Fuck, Jocelyn. She needs that 80s PSA. Do you know where your children are? No, Jocelyn, you don't. Fuck. I mean, could you imagine? They're torturing a vampire. They're busy. (laughs) God. Could you imagine someone like sta- like slicing you with a knife? No. And then you're just like, it's okay. <laughs> Let me comfort you. No. Oh my god! I'd be like, it's <gasps> on, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> be like, you get one to match. Yeah. <laughs> Matching scars. Yeah, you'd go full, like, fucking Harley Quinn. Like, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) So Clary's like, yeah, he's all tuckered out from his episode. Definitely not a threat anymore. Not that I thought he was a fucking threat as we were macking on the bed, but like, hey, trust my gut, am I right? (laughs) What are we... No, Clary, you've proven your gut cannot be trusted. It is imbalanced. You need to take some, like, Activia. Dude, yep. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, so 
moving on from the Fifty Shades of Fucked Up that this situation is. Um, a wi- <laughs> Side note, a winner in its own toxic category for the 2010 season. Um, Jace explains that he's been having bad dreams. And the dreams played out exactly like what happened. They were getting freaky and then he pulled out a knife and went full Voorhees on her. And Clary is a dipshit. Um, I will not be taking notes on this. The only piece of evidence that I need to substantiate my position is the following line. Quote, they're only dreams, Clary said gently. No, bitch. That's called a fantasy. (laughs) He he just tried to murk you in the middle of Mackin. Uh, Not fucking cool, bro. I used Mackin twice. I didn't realize that. Uh, He's like like ludicrous. Or she is. What's your fantasy? Anyway. So, thankfully, Jace is there to be the voice of reason, reminding Clary that he was for sure, for sure, all the way awake when he (laughs) flayed her arm open like a split hot dog. Don't say that. He's like Ramsey Bolton, dude. Good old Clary isn't having any of that reasonable or measured bullshit. She insists that Jace would never hurt her as she sways woozily from the massive blood loss she's currently experiencing. <laughs> no, this is a side note. I'm fairly certain she's done like an Arazi and it's fine, but I don't remember that being mentioned and I read it again and I was like, I pretty much think she's still bleeding right now. Yeah, yes. she's just holding it. Oh my god. So, because she's not even dressed yet. So, like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She's still in yeah. panties. Yeah. Don't say so. the P word. That's <laughs> what it says in the story. I, I know. Movies. Yes. So, Chase is all broken up about it, trying to wrap his mind around the thought of hurting her in real. Uh, in a real permanent way. Um, and he goes on a tangent about how being a shadow hunter is dangerous and he's scared for her, but he'd never stand in her way, like in the way of her empowerment or whatever before rounding it out, uh, by telling her that he's been thinking about what would happen if she died. And Oh yeah, I totally bet you've been thinking about our relationship in those terms as well. Perfectly normal for a couple of teenage siblings in love. (laughs) I love your little jabs. But but Clary's not like other girls. She's the main character. Um, (laughs) Which means that she doesn't have to imagine what it would be like if her love interest died. Because she lived through it in her first trilogy. (laughs) (laughs) The next bit of this exchange talks about unaliving. So, like, trigger warning. Um, For the record, I hate this. I hate it so much. I... It's... It's this scene is the worst. It should have been pulled by the editor. It's bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Um so for the record, I already said that. So Clary tells Jace that she wants to die that she wanted to die when she realized that he was gone. Um but knew that he would be disappointed in her if she didn't trudge on. So, you know, she did for the 5 minutes that he was dead and yeah. brought him back to life. <laughs> The two months they knew each other. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Jace replies telling her that he would feel the same, uh, but he wouldn't kill himself because he wants to be with her in the afterlife and it would piss her off. Um, But then he adds that if he ever did hurt her, which let's say kill because 
we know that that's what he means because he has already hurt her. Mm -hmm. She's bleeding. Physically Uh and emotionally at this point, you know. Right. So he said nothing could stop him from, like, destroying himself. Like, how romantic. Don't you just want to swoon? I have a comment. Do it. I was re-listening to this today to refresh. And my immediate thought was, and I am only on, well, only, I mean, I've gotten pretty far. But I'm on, um, what is the one after what I was just reading? Uh, Queen of Air and Darkness. Mm-hmm. So I'm just on a couple chapters of that. But anyway, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anyway, my point is, it feels almost like it's being set up right here in case Cleary dies in the future or something. Like, I just... Just in case we need that tidbit somewhere in the future, this feels like a little nugget mm. that we could come back to at some point. I don't know. So that's I just in case I you wanted um, to use it later. Oh, to, we're bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Mm. I'm so proud of you for getting oh, yeah. so far. I love it. I love it. Oh my um, gosh! I know. So exciting. <laughs> and um, I didn't like this either, but I don't like it even more now as you're explaining it. Uh-huh. You've doubled so down yucky. for me. So, thanks. <laughs> I do. We are known for, like, really twisting the the screws. Like, we, we really do. We milk it for we're all it's worth. We're modernizing everything. Yeah. When we, get, when we get mad, we're like, bitch, I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. <clears throat> As per my last email, Clary. <clears throat> <laughs> So Jason is convinced that this is some, like, latent PTSD reaction from his abusive childhood with V-Tang, but Clary isn't buying it. Not her man. Nope. This must be someone doing this to him. But who could this unknown enemy be? The Sealy Queen, perhaps? They did, They never did find some Sebastian's body, so, like, maybe he's back from the dead. Like, we don't know. What did two teenagers do when in doubt? Seek out the council of powerful mage monks with a penchant for body mods <laughs> in lieu of asking their parents for help, of course. Like, mm-hmm. main character energy, right? So, Jace snarks at Clary that she, like, better put on some clothes before they go to the Silent City. Otherwise, she's liable to kill half the brothers. Honey, <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't be gross, Jace. <laughs> Not cute. Uh, okay, so we jump back to the moment we've been waiting for. And by waiting for, I mean like a chapter. <laughs> so we're to Magnus and Camille. And Magnus is so fucking suave. He's just like long time no see, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boo like Yeah. <laughs> like I said before, seeing her gave him this flashback and like, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... He asks her if her reasoning for wanting to talk to him is to buy herself more time with the clave. But she admits pretty quickly that it's because Magnus has, uh, you know, got a guy in the Shadowhunter crew. And she assumes it's the boy that he's been talking to. And I do have to point out, she did say boy. And that was never addressed. And I just think that that was a really good, like, mm-hmm. sting on Magnus. Um Anyway, she, and she does point out that um, his taste in partners has always been diverse because... Uh, did I not talk about this? I feel like I did. But she mentions that he, the boy, looks like William Herondale, which maybe she talks about that later. But anyway, um, 
anyway, his diversity in lovers is one of the main reasons we love Magnus. So this is true. Mm-hmm. Yes, girl. Anyway, he's like, um, you've been listening to rumors about me again when all you had to do was come and ask. I'm in Brooklyn. Hence my name. <laughs> I was going to say the magnificent Brooklyn, but that's not right. What's he called? High Warlock of Brooklyn. Yes. And he's like, you were so close by and never even asked me out to coffee. Like, what the fuck? Who knew you were there? And I find it kind of weird that he didn't know that she was running that clan. Or maybe he did. And he's like, you never came to me. And she's like, you never came to me. I don't know. So, like, I mean, he was pretty close with Raphael. I'm assuming Raphael probably told him that Camille had left and he was running in her stead or whatever. But did he? Well, and this hasn't been for very long. Yeah. Because he's been in New York for a hot minute. Uh So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they knew about each other, just chose to, like, stay out. Right. For sure she knew he was around because he's not, you know, quiet. But I would assume that Magnus would have his pulse on who the the big players in his city are. I would think so. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, They're I definitely like don't think they would have wanted to get together. They're just trying to be annoying to each uh-huh. other. Yeah. 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 So she immediately starts to blame him, of course. Like, you know, we never saw each other because um, that's your fault. Um, and she's like, I always loved you. So I don't know what the problem is. And I have to read this just because. Quote, you left me, he said. You made a pet out of me and then you left me. If love were food, I would have starved on the bones you gave me. He spoke matter-of-factly. It had been a long time. And Mm. I laughed when I heard this because it's such a good way to describe what she did to him. Because she, Mm -hmm. yeah, I felt so awful for him. It was so sad. But obviously he's had time to think about what he would say in this conversation. Like, do you think that this was just like a good uh, tour when he saw her? Or do you think he like has had this part planned for 20, 30 years now? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a pretty pretty good one. I mean. You don't, I mean, I feel like because we got a glimpse of Magnus's relationship with Camille in in the previous series, Mm -hmm. um, and what we know because of that, and then with this, I think it's very clear that, like, Camille is one of the few people that actually hurt him. Yeah. And so... A hundred percent. He's been waiting for 130 years to like (laughs) read her the filth. Yes. And to have her want like need him for something. Yeah. 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 Sure. He's been biting his time. Oh my God. How excited do you think he was to like come back just so he could be like. Blood uh in his veins is probably singing. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Uh, So after he you know, socks that to her. She tries to defend herself saying that um, they have forever together and he should have known that she would come back to him. And like, he doesn't even entertain her defense. He just asks her like, what the fuck do you want? Like, why, what do you want from me? Why are we here? This is ridiculous. So she wants him to, in his words, cut a deal with the shadow hunters for her. Um, He reminds her that she uh, like kind of killed three shadow hunters and they just like don't like that so <laughs> and she's like yeah they were circle members that tortured and murdered vampires in the past like it shouldn't really be that big of a deal you know what i mean like you know 
It's fine. We used to do this shit all the time. Don't you remember? <laughs> like, yeah. This this very much feels like running into the ex you had in your 20s when you were a fucking hood rat and then they're still doing hood rat shit and you've grown up and you're just like, ah. Yep. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. Dude, they're real. like, oh yeah, I still have that headboard that I made out of the speed sign we stole. And you're like, oh fuck. I got rid of all the evidence of my felonies like decades ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (sighs) So, um, Camille is hoping for immunity for the information that she has about the circle members that had to die. She thinks that they will not only give her immunity, but that they, the clave, that they will also set her free. And Magnus is like, Fat chance, bruh. No. (laughs) (laughs) And then it kind of clicks and he realizes that she said had to die about those shadow hunters. And he's like, "Uh, I think Hmm. there's something more here than just like you drinking their blood or like revenge. And since he has turned on like his super chismosa mode, he tells her that she needs to tell him a little bit so he knows like if it's worth it, you know. Oh, yeah. If it's worth it for him to be involved. If it's worth it, let me work it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He turns on Missy Elliott. (gasps) Okay. What is it called? Because we all have it. And I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's a weird thing. Again, Robin, (laughs) we've talked about this. We don't know how normal people behave. The compulsion to sing the lyrics when you're t- what is that there's something called that right i think it's a millennial thing because i've seen I it on tiktok it's right autism and i was like oh other people oh. do that oh oh maybe that's it um because i was doing that a lot this weekend and, and nobody knew what i was doing and then i had to yes. overtly explain what i was quoting oh and awkward. it was awkward i hate that and it's like it's like a game of double dutch, like especially when we record, because I only do like a fraction of the ones that come into my head. Of oh yeah, course. absolutely. Like uh-huh. I really try to reel it in, but there are times when I just can't help it. Well, um, as we talked about, I do this thing where I read things out loud in different voices. <laughs> I was just <laughs> telling Andy about this the other day because he did something like it. I was also doing that. And I was like, I am so sorry. Like, I've just let the, the leash off. And I'm having, because I'm just I've around unmasked. people that can handle it. And, and I'm, I'm trying to, to reel it back the in yeah. to fit in. And it's not, I was like, I was like, Dallas Hall. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> because they the, we were named like different cities and stuff in Texas in this ballroom. And it was weird. And, and they were like, what? Like, what did you say? I was like, oh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah. Big Please ignore me. Why? Why? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's great. <laughs> so, no. Nobody nobody knew uh, what I was doing. And it was it was a good time. I was like, I don't know, Margo. Like, all of it. <laughs> Dude, our GM and I were doing a, um, I think I told everybody about this, the polar plunge thing. Anyway, we Uh had a new employee with us and 
he and I were basically talking to each other in quotes. Mm-hmm. And the new employee that's with us was born in the 90s. So, like, <gasps> yeah. So he didn't understand most of them. And so we were just. No. Yeah, it was just like a volley back and forth of quotes. Uh-huh. And there was at one point he was like, I, I didn't get that. Um, I'm glad that you did because I didn't laugh. Like, he felt bad. And I was like, it's fine. We're old. It's, it's <laughs> like. It's okay. I, uh. It is wild to talk to my kid as like, (laughs) you know, there's some things that she knows just because like I've brought them up. Like she knows like my grandma has, or my, my grandma, her grandma has like, you know, cassette tapes and stuff. So like she's familiar with things. It's not completely foreign to her, Mm -hmm. but sometimes like I said something about a floppy disc and she's like, what's a floppy? And I'm like, it's like literally, she's like, what? And I was like, no, it was like. (laughs) literally floppy (laughs) oh my god good stuff anyway can you imagine Magnus sitting around with someone doing this they didn't even know what (laughs) whatever old shit the only reason the, the only benefit that I see to immortality is being able to have dinner with someone who's really fucking old uh-huh. Like, and just, I just want to hear your fucking crazy stories. Because life yes. changes so drastically, like, through yeah. generations and stuff. Like, oh, what hmm? was that on? What is that show where the lady gets sucked back in Outlander? I don't know oh, uh-huh. That. Anyway, didn't she have dinner with, like, George Washington or some shit like that? I think it was. I, I think um, there's a couple of, like, historical figures. I, yeah. I, I don't, I didn't uh-huh. get that far. In, anyway, in it, just, it was that. just, I had the same sort of thought when I saw that. I was just like, that is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. And um, not that it matters, but the term for, like, repeating and stuff, it's called echolalia, I think, because I'm probably saying oh, that okay. wrong. Uh-huh. That is, that is an autism thing. But I feel uh-huh. like that's not exactly what we're doing. Well, because, like... The, the singing of the lyrics or, like, the, the triggering of, like, a mm-hmm. memory. I feel like it's a little bit more than just, like, repeating words back from somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out, though. We'll see. Maybe we'll have an episode or an answer next episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, could, I, wanna yeah, I could be thinking of the wrong thing. And I, mm. I think that people that are... Um, not neurodivergent can also obviously quote movies and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. I was not in. They don't feel compelled. the compulsion part. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we're awesome, you guys. Like in the we middle are... of a uh, meeting when we did something, and then I was just like, "Oh yeah, mama," because that's what we said, <laughs> and it was inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I just, I, it, it didn't even, it just came out. Yep. It's not as bad as when I called the owner of our company Boo in a meeting. We got you, Boo. Why? Why did I do that? At least he thought it was funny. Uh-huh. Okay, oh, you yeah, guys. Mama. Let me tell you the cheese may that Camille spits. Tell me. <clears throat> I wish I brought some water in here with me. She says that she was under orders by someone more powerful than herself. Mm. She won't reveal who unless she gets the immunity that she's asking for. And, of course, Magnus says he'll try, but he makes no promises. And she's like, oh, my God, I knew that you would go to bat for me. Like, 
you're so amazing. Well, and she's so self-centered. So for her yeah. to say that there's someone more important than her, it is prickling uh-huh. the senses. Who could it be it just, now? Yeah. 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 Yes. So then she's like, come to me. And she like, I don't know. I feel like she wants to touch his face. I don't know why. I don't think that that's actually said, but I feel like that's what she wants to do. Anyway, she starts to reminisce about like the parties at De Quincey's house. And again, like I said, okay, this is where it is. She thinks that Alec looks like Will Herondale. And although he is handsome, Camille tries to work her way back into Magnus's heart by saying that, you know, Alec's going to die soon. So, like, he's immortal. What do you got, like, 10, 20 years with this kid? I'm I'm going to live forever. So, like, pick me. Pick me. Mm-hmm. Pick me, yeah. bitch. And Magnus isn't <laughs> into the past. He's like, you're my past and he's my future. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd be that quick. I'd be like, nah, nah, bitch. But that was really cute. (laughs) You you would say, like, that's a no from me, dog. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hard pass. (laughs) So, uh, saved by the Shadowhunter, Maris comes back in to ask if they've come to an agreement. And I'm not really sure what she was expecting for them to have agreed upon, but cool. Like, all she said was that she wanted to talk to Magnus. She didn't say she was going to make any agreements. Obviously, that's sort of what they tried to come about. But anyway, Magnus is like, eh, not really an agreement, but I have some shit to tell you. Bushizzle. And that's where we end that. Mm. We go back to Jason Clary. I know everybody's bummed about it. We're going to get through this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Jace is packing a bag of things to take with him to the Silent City. And if Clary hadn't had this thought about it I would have made it a joke she said it feels like he's packing for a sleepover and I agree that's exactly what what could you possibly need with you in the silent city <laughs> snacks and he's mostly packing weapons and exactly it feels like he would need snacks that would be the only thing you would need and maybe a witch light a he's blanket. trying to drill it into Clary's mm-hmm. head that every time you leave the institute you bring weapons <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this dumb bitch went on a mission without weapons. He's like, "Watch this, okay? We're going." To <laughs> so Clary was afraid to come off as rude, like by portaling directly into the Bone City. But for plot's sake, they took a taxi to like have time to chat because obviously she could have portaled them close and they could have walked or something. So uh-huh. we needed this time to mm-hmm. chat. So Jace fills her in on what's been going on with Simon and who Kyle slash Jordan really is or Kyle Jordan or Jordan Kyle. Anyway, and the whole Camille situation. And she is appropriately worried about Simon, but Jace says that he's holding up rather well for someone that was just made like he was just on Monday not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Which is nice of Jace to defend him for the most part. I don't know if that's a def- def- anyway. Jace gives her a pep talk that every mother needs to hear at some point. <laughs> She's being too protective of Simon, basically. He's not a baby Monday anymore. He's a vamp with a badass forehead tattoo that you put <laughs> Sick Such eek, a badass bro. face tattoo. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have a question. And it's, uh, there's a couple things I'm going to bring up for the sake of me being annoying. And this is one Ooh, of I them. like it. How do you think they had 
this conversation without the taxi driver hearing them. I thought the same thing. Are there? Yeah. Did they like? Did they? Did they? Maybe there's a partition between the driver and then they like drew a rune on it so he couldn't hear them. Maybe is that a thing? I don't know. It just feels like that's not where you have this conversation. Saying like. Yeah, in this movie I saw, and then they tell the story. (laughs) Pretend. (laughs) Pretend. I was reading this crazy book. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. You're right. It just feels like uh, incomplete world building. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Give me an explanation. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it would make more sense if, like, you were saying, like, they portaled close and then they were talking as they were walking through the graveyard or something. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so Cleary then admits that she knew Maya and Izzy found out about each other, but none of the rest. And she internally realizes that it's because she's been so focused on Jace. Like, she's been too focused on Jace to be a good friend. I'm like, you don't fucking say. I mean, that's pretty much her MO, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's pretty used to it by now. Mm-hmm. So Jace adds that to, like, all of her thoughts I guess by asking if she's been telling Simon what she's been up to because the phone works both ways as I tell my father and she's like no no I haven't told anyone about it and so she again uses this drive to tell him about going to the silent silent city with daddy Luke which is the only appropriate time when someone else gives you that name that you can insert daddy yes Mm -hmm. just so you know and you can't you can't for the record we would like the record to show that you are not allowed to name yourself daddy because Uh that is creepy yes don't be one of those people (laughs) unless you are certified as is pedro pascal he's been verified right certified verified daddy yeah he's a verified daddy daddy. Uh he's got the blue check mark on his instagram i okay Real quick sidebar, I saw a TikTok that was a, a, a John Goodman appreciation, and I was like, yes, I'm here for it. Okay. Absolutely. I know I've sent you a couple with that lady that she's dancing with, like, the skull thing. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Robitus and that thing, and some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, God, I love the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she went to the Silent City with Daddy Luke and Maris, you know, the hospital morgue, and about her trip to the Church of Talto with Izzy and pre-Izzy. And I'm not sure if this was mentioned last chapter and if I missed it or if this is where it's being brought up. But apparently Izzy thinks that there was some demon worshiping summoning going on at that Church of Talto and Jace agrees. Um, She says that – oh, she asks – Clary asks what he like it's a stupid question okay I'm just gonna read it because it's two stupid questions she says what do you think the demon we killed oh do you think the demon we killed was the one they were worshiping do you think now they might stop and I guess it's just to lead him into the fact that it was just a hydra demon which is kind of like a guard dog as he describes it and um based on the quote that she had quoted him from the tablet that was in the church, Jace says it sounds kind of like a female demon. And according to him, cults that worship female demons are typically ones that fuck with babies. And that's mm. fucking weird. But, like, 
how the fuck would he know in her head at least because a hydra demon that would i guess that kind of answers her question but what a dumb question how would he know if they're done worshiping why yeah. would they just give up because two girls came in and ruined the day weird i mean that's a lot of to do to a demon that was decapitated by one flick of izzy's whip yes yeah yeah like that's kind of the like it, it seems like it was pretty easy to kill uh-huh yeah. <sighs> so she tells him that she feels like it has something to do with them trying to make more babies like sebastian because of the pictures and all the stuff that she had seen in at the scene but um, he says it's not possible because the reason Sebastian didn't end up dead right away is because he was a shadow hunter. So apparently when they've tried this on just mundanes, they they don't survive. And at that, they arrive to the silent city. And they get in there and all the bros are like huddled around waiting for them at the entry <laughs> like they knew that they were coming, which just completely adds to the creep factor. You're like, oh, fuck. Like when you weren't expecting someone to be on the other side of the door you just opened. Uh-huh. You're like, I knew so I wasn't wait. alone in this building, but I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, Brother Zachariah is in the crowd. And they ask, the silent brothers ask, why children are coming to them unsupervised? <laughs> like, all right, let these motherfuckers out of their sight. Again, where are the adults? This is my annoying point number two. <sighs> and maybe I'm wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, Be will. like, bitch, you crazy. Did or did not it happen that Jason Clary went to the Silent City by themselves when Clary was getting her mind thing done? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they were unaccompanied by an adult. And I know they took the weird limo carriage ride. Oh, yeah. Like, they were picked up. Maybe they had permission so they yeah. didn't have to ask the question. But it's like, yeah, we came here by ourselves last time. We assumed it was okay. Well, and Clary or, points out, she's like, you you have to help us, bruh. I think the first time when they went to them, Maris and Robert were both gone. And Hodge was the only one at the Institute and he couldn't leave. So they had to go. So they but, had to go. So it might have been Hodge that, like, sent word. Because well, they did came him, to pick him up. They came yeah. and got them. But that's a good point, too, because there's one point that I think I might get to in this next paragraph. But it doesn't matter. Um, the brother Zachariah is like bitch we don't come to you like you can't summon us but like how did they do it before then because they came and picked him fire up fire message fire message yeah I'm assuming I, I, they were like come get me hey hey bro come get me at, <laughs> in 10 minutes maybe it's not maybe it's a technicality of like you can't summon us you can request our presence okay. if we deign to show up right if we have the time right. if, if we think you're important enough yeah right okay we don't have to they don't have dark marks. You're not Voldemort. Get out of right. here. Yeah, it's okay, like getting invited to brunch. Like just like if it was me, I would just be like, yeah, we came here the last time, and like it was a thing. Like, are we not cool? Are we? Right. Are we not buddies? <laughs> I thought we were right. friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was the fucking Jason Clair. I'd be like, bitch, we won the war. We saved everybody's <laughs> lives. Do like, you know, who I, I have am? unlimited. Yeah. Do you know who I? Do you know who my father is? Both of them. <laughs> Wait till my father hears about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, we've tangented enough. Yeah, okay, okay. I just have a little bit. Okay, so Clary does the talking because Jace is a scaredy cat. 
and she explains what's going on with him and his dreams and that they need their help and like i said at first they're like bish you are you are not our boss you're not the boss of us which is what i tell my kids but they really are <laughs> mm-hmm. um anyway <laughs> But after Clary explains what's going on with everything, they are intrigued because only a really good magic user can mess with dreams. And they literally say something like that, like a user of magic or something. And I just think that's a really weird way to say it. Maybe it's All I can do now is sing the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. So thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're not the boss of me now. God, Malcolm in the Middle was fucking peak. Yeah. Peak. That was some good sitcom. I've rewatched it twice. My so daughter's good. probably rewatched it like six times. I'm not exaggerating. The entire thing. Mm-hmm. She loves it. So good. Okay, so Clary asks um, if that includes, so the people that can mess with dreams, if that includes angels. And they're like, yeah, duh. Of course it does. <laughs> like, of course. So Brother Zachariah tells them to come with them to the speaking stars and he just like walks away not waiting for jason clary to follow but like why would you need to make sure that they're coming why did that need to be pointed out like you came to them for help why would you not follow and i just imagined like all the brothers getting into the speaking stars and then turning around and be like god damn it where did those kids go (laughs) (laughs) who's gonna go back and get them (laughs) those meddling kids Children under 18 must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. Speak into their minds and you forgot, Greg. (laughs) It's like, Brother Enoch, that was supposed to be your job today. You're looking at the calendar. You had one job. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Your popsicle stick has moved. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Man, we're funny, you guys. Let me just yeah. patting myself on the back. Okay, Jason Cleary get to the pavilion of the speaking stars, which now has a mortal sword in its resting place behind the silent brothers. And Jason's standing in the middle of the floor looking up at the silent brothers sitting behind their black table. And I pictured this originally looking like the scene from the movie Paranorman. Don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they go back. They have a flashback of going back in time to the witch trial and the judges are behind like the big courtroom. Like I looked at what it's called and they're called benches. So it's like where the judge sits and yeah. like they're up really high and like looking down, but apparently they're just sitting at a table. Like they're having a fucking board meeting. <laughs> I was just not picturing like a family table. I wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Just family style. When, when you're here, you're family. <laughs> Although it is probably like, the Last Supper painting, where they're just on one side. Right? Yeah, right, right. That's what right. I imagine. Of the they're table. They're not passing the potatoes. They've got ring lights on the other side. <laughs> well, it's like some people have to sit with their backs, because they yeah. really are just sitting around the table. <laughs> when oh you're here, your family. Okay. Oh, my God. And that they have, like, a chart for, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my so turn. You have to- you have to say it like, uh, what's his name, Vin Diesel? When you hear your family. Your family. <laughs> That's I something I quote, and I've never even seen it. 
but no. That's from that you movie. You should do that. You should that do is insane. Olive Garden, yeah. please. Robin, that's insane that you've never seen Fast and Furious. I told you, we've been through this. I've only Thank watched you. Tokyo Drift. It's the only one I've seen. <laughs> so wrong. It's so, so wrong. I mean, you've seen all of them, right? No. I've seen eight movies. Fuck no, I've not seen all <laughs> ten. of them. There's ten. There's like ten now, right? No, ten doesn't come out until I think next year or later don't, this year. Don't May, try to make this better. <laughs> I have seen all of them multiple times. Uh-huh. You know why? I love because Kristen's life is just too fast, too furious. <laughs> That's true. Okay, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Keep going. Keep going. God. All right. Clary is looking up. out at her boo, Amanda. B-O-O, anyway, <laughs> thinking about how awful Jace looks and how bad she feels that she can't really do anything to help him uh, as he starts clearly having a conversation with the bro jams that she can only hear like one way. So it's like when there's some juicy goss happening and like you're out to eat or like on like the city bus and like somebody's arguing with her significant other and you can only hear one side of the conversation mm. and you just want to cheese me at all. So she overhears Jace say that he isn't sure what's happening in his um, his visions. Like, he's, I don't know what it is. And yes, he did encounter the angel, um, but it was always Clary that got prophetic dreams. Like, he's never mm. had dreams come to him before. Touched by an angel. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Okay. Clary's oh shit meter starts humming. Because they're getting closer to the part of their story where Clary brought Jace back from the dead and they really wanted to keep it like that 1997 Disney Channel original movie under wraps. <laughs> that was good. Amazing. <laughs> Amanda's shaking her head. I love it. As they start the process of poking around, Clary wonders what they will be able to see while they're digging in Jace's mind. And she remembers when they were going through hers, like, way back in City of Bones, which is what she says. Just kidding. Um, she saw, like, flashes of what they were bringing up, like, kind of pop up before her eyes. And it was stuff that she didn't remember. So, obviously, it was much more scary. But she's just wondering if the same thing's happening to Jace. And Jace ends up falling to his knees, surrounded by blinding silver light coming from the stars on the floor. And she tries to remind herself that Jace probably watched the same thing happen to her and she was going to be strong like he was. But then he fell in on himself and started grabbing his stomach in diarrhea style agony. <laughs> and she decided to just lo- YOLO the situation and run into the ring of fire. It's it's not fire. It's light. I just really wanted to say that. And um, as she crosses the threshold of the light... She hears whispering voices that I assume are the silent brothers. And they're basically like, bitch, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But then Clay locks eyes and Jace whispers whispers her name and the lights stop. He's like, Clary. God. And she huddles next to him on the floor where the blood is dripping from his hands, gripping them so tight. And I feel like this description needs to join into the trying to hold water section. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Literally every time someone's either biting their lips so hard they're bleeding or they're mm-hmm. digging their nails so hard they're bleeding. This is mm-hmm. like love love triangle trying to hold water hurting yourself. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have a. Without list. realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Without like, realizing it. I just it. tried to. It hurt bad enough to let go. And I don't even have I a st- mark really. Like, I stopped. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> I'm not sure Perfect. I have the grip strength to eat yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> I went on a tangent and I lost my place. Da, 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 da. Okay, so Clary looks up at the Silent Brothers in silent anger. And she knows what they're doing is in order to help save Jace. But it doesn't make it any easier to watch someone that she loves in pain from, like, this treatment that he's getting, basically. And Brother Zachariah says to Clary, um, and I don't know if Jace can hear it too, obviously, because we're in the paw of Clary. But he's like, you haven't been completely truthful with us. And he knows that there is a secret that she's been hiding. And Clary strings it up for the right asking what he means. Like, what do, what do you mean? And can you be more specific? And the response is that um, the mark of death is on Jace. And Jace is like, okay, so you're telling me I'm going to die. Cool. And Brother Zachariah is like, no, no, no. I'm saying that you did die. <laughs> Clary and Jace look at each other and she starts to explain by saying the angel Raziel. But she's cut off like an interviewee on Fox News. <laughs> Thank you. By Brother Enoch saying, and I quote, There are only two ways to bring back the dead. The way of necromancy, the black sorcery of bell, book, and candle, that will return a semblance of life, but only an angel of God's own right hand could place a human soul back into their body as easily as life was breathed into the first of men. He shook his head. The balance of life and death, of good and evil, is a delicate one, young shadow hunters. You have upset it. Oh, damn. I know. And she's like, it wasn't Shit. me. It was the angel. <laughs> exactly. That's what she says. He didn't tell me. He didn't give me all the instructions. I know. Fuck. And she's like, dude. But like, I thought Raziel was like your main squeeze. He did it. Like, we're good. <clears throat> he, he. It was his choice, not mine. He did this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all have good points. But the brothers aren't fully convinced that the angel did this out on, on his own accord because like she was wielding the mortar instruments and he was compelled to do what she wanted like it was what is it he was coerced he was under yeah. duress <laughs> yeah under duress uh details am i right like i don't know it's it's the little things they always bring me maybe down that's maybe that's where the uh the fairies get their trickster maybe it's the angel part because Fairies are angels and demons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep, I could see that. That's probably why they can't lie either. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Clary isn't letting the pressure of the Brodram's interrogation get to her, and she just cuts the conversation. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." But like, what is dead may never die. Basically, like it's done now. <laughs> um, and Jay says uh, that she's right. Um, it is done, but they could always like MDK him now to restore the balance. Like maybe he was brought back just to die again. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, don't be ridiculous. But then she starts to feel tense as brother Zachariah like comes down from the table and starts to like walk toward them. And like, do you think he had to shuffle? Like was like in front of people. It's like, do you want butter growing? (laughs) (laughs) Like a movie theater. Like a movie theater, oh like the movie. There's rows. I don't think there's enough to have rows. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. Uh, oh God, it's the worst. Butts or nuts? What do you want? Butts or nuts? My babe. I can't wait to see the D and D movie. Yeah. It's like the only reason so, I'm gonna go to the theater. 
Oh my gosh, I'm excited to watch it. So Clary notices how. Um, okay, anyway, so Bro Zach gets there, and he like lifts Jace's chin up, and Clary notices how he has the hands of a young man, and he has like long fingers. Like I guess shadow hunters have long fingers, and he is completely in contrast to her idea of crusty old silent brothers. He is not fitting what she has in her mind. I mean, and Jace only looks like a little over a hundred years old. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. He's not dusty. Mm-mm. Jace looks up at brother Zachariah and Clary like waxes Toadek about Jace looking like a saint on the floor. And uh, the next part, 100% gets a quote because Obvi. And this is brother Zachariah speaking. Would that I have been here, he said, his voice unexpectedly gentle when you were growing up. I would have seen the truth in your face, Jace Lightwood, and known who you were. Jace looked puzzled but didn't move to pull away. Zachariah turned to the others. We cannot and should not harm the boy. Old ties exist between the Herondales and the brothers. We owe him help. Mm. Mm. Oh my god. Mm. Oh my god. Let's <laughs> all just make noises for five minutes. Yeah. That's how we feel. <laughs> Clary asks him to clarify what he means by help, and he explains that when a shadow hunter is born, a ritual is performed by the Iron Sisters and Silent Brothers, where a number of protection spells are placed upon them. And since Jace technically died, uh, he came back reborn, and the protection spells are no longer activated and they need to be placed again. Whatever demonic influence has been trying to get at Jace is powerful, and he like Jace must be super strong to have fought it off, but it's wearing him down. And Jace, of course, has to take this moment to correct brother Zachariah when he calls him Jonathan Herondale. And then he's mm-hmm. like, that's not my name. It's Lightwood. That's, and, that's not my name. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to paraphrase him saying Jonathan, and it's not important, but I wanted to mention it. So that's what I'm doing. Say my name, say my name. Anyway, the bitch of the whole thing is that it's going to take a few days to get all the preparations done and an iron sister has to be brought down and like they need to make an amulet. So the safest place is going to be Jace to stay at the silent city and hang out. And Clary asks for how long. And brother Zachary explains that the ritual is meant for infants and that they're going to have to change it to fit an adult. In fact, if he were older than 18, it might not be possible at all. The task will be difficult. And I just want to, Kristen, wait a minute, hold on, time out. Okay? I want to do that. I, and again, this is my third tangent rant, because I have to. I, I can't not, and correct me if I'm being stupid. But my question is, wouldn't they have something prepared for Mondays who choose to ascend to become shadow hunters like Sophie, who, by the way, was definitely over the age of 18? Mm-hmm. Or are Mundies who become shadow hunters not susceptible to the same demonic influence as born shadow hunters are, so they don't need the protection? Like, how do you, like, tell me what you think. I would assume that when a Mundy drinks from the cup and, like, drinks of the angel or whatever, that, that at that point then they would do whatever kind of ritual or whatever because i think it's the angel blood the nephilim thing is what draws like the susceptibility of demon possession or 
whatever. I would assume. But uh-huh. so like again, it's Brother Zachariah saying very... that didn't make any sense then. He's like, we don't yeah. have any rituals prepared for when people older than infants need protection spells. We don't know what to do. It's going to take us a while to come up with something. Well, yeah, because it doesn't make any sense because the the cup is supposed to like make them a shadow hunter. There's no difference between a mundane, mundane who's ascended and a born shadow hunter, right? At least is what we've been explained, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So how would that be any different? Right, and how do you not have something? It's not like they've never used the cup to have people ascend. We, like, saw it happen to Sophie. Yeah. We know somebody who was, like, in her 20s. Mm-hmm. So how is it not? Tell me, mm-hmm. sir. Write that down for our questions for Clary. Yep. Yeah. Wait. Cassie. Cassandra Claire. Questions yeah. yeah, questions for Claire or questions for Cassie. Yeah. You know that C yeah. name. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like there's a debate about Clary wanting to stay since she's probably still dealing like okay, let me I I wrote this weird and I'm just gonna off the cuff it. The last time Jace was at the Silent City, it was attacked and they were almost like wholesale slaughtered. All the Silent Brothers were. And he was like, despite all his rage, he was still just locked in a cage. Okay. (laughs) And it was probably really traumatic for him. And Clary doesn't want him to have to be there alone and deal with all that on top of like the guilt from like hot dogging her. Is that what you said? Right. (laughs) Cut her open like a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so she wants to stay with Jace, but the Silent Brothers are like, look, this is going to be hard on him and, like, you're a distraction. My name is no. So, like, you can't stay. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And you're a kid, so you should just go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And Clary, like, begrudgingly agrees. And then um, they, like, have a quick kiss goodbye and then, like, end scene. And the next morning, we start with star, star, gasp, star, star. That's what I wrote. <gasps> Simon waking up. <laughs> of course. Always. <clears throat> City of beds. He had a restless mm-hmm. night's sleep. And there's a part of him that wonders if his body and mind are aching to carpet nectar and go all in with the vampy nightlife. Maybe denying his body the urges it, like, is seeking would end poorly for him, like, when he was trying to, like, cap his bloodlust. And so maybe he should just start, you know, sleeping during the day and being awake at night, even though, you know, the sun isn't hurting him. I mean, it could be all the trauma and the crazy shit he's been going through also. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Details. (laughs) Bro, you just need a nap. (laughs) Dude. Love a good nap. So Simon gets dressed and heads into the living room with where KJ is sitting at the counter. <laughs> Kyle Jordan. JK. J- Jordan Kyle. I kept writing Kyle and then I did both. And Simon, like, he, he can smell toast and, like, coffee like he's had his breakfast or whatever. And he's like, ah, listen, I've got some bad news for you. And Simon asks what's going on. And then Kyle Jordan hands him a folded newspaper explaining that, like, this was shoved under the door when I got up. And there's a photo on the page of a body on pavement. 
The limbs bent at odd angles. And before Simon asked why uh, he was looking at it and read the caption, he had a boomer moment where he's like, what's the phone number for Starbucks on 34th when your phone's in your hand and you can just fucking Google it yourself. (laughs) And so then he reads. And what he reads is, quote, Police say they are pursuing leads in the death of 14-year-old Maureen Brown, whose body was discovered Sunday night at 11 p.m. stuffed into a trash can outside the Big Apple Deli on 3rd Avenue. Though no official cause of death has been released by the coroner's office, the deli owner who found the body, Michael Garza, says her throat was cut open. Police have not yet located a weapon. Okay, this is not important. But I don't think a newspaper would print the picture of a dead minor in their paper. No. no. I was going to call I guess, bullshit, but you were talking, so. Like, who am I to know what a New York City newsprint looks like, I guess? But, like, well, no. Well, they... her name right away and stuff. That's just. Yeah. Uh-huh. Feels her very plotty. would never be released as a 14-year-old. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And... Not unless, like, they needed something, you know, whatever. But, yeah. Could you imagine being Maureen's parents and having a picture of your daughter like that in the newspaper? Absolutely not. Like, have yeah. you? I don't think I've ever seen a picture of a dead body in a newspaper. They don't do it anymore. <laughs> For that reason. Uh-huh. Like, the only time you'll see something like that is if it's, like, war pictures. And those always come with, like, a warning before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Simon can't finish reading the article. And he is shocked, to say the least. And Jordan Kyle reminds him uh, about the threatening note they received that said if Simon didn't go to the address, they would cut his girlfriend's throat. That's so specific. And Simon... Like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I forgot about that girlfriend. Right. And Simon is first stage denial, like Amanda was. <laughs> stage one denial. Yep. And then he remembers Eric saying that Maureen goes around the club telling everyone that she's Simon's girlfriend. And then all the puzzle pieces clicked into place. And he was like, bruh. Mm. B-R-U-H. Bruh. Mm-hmm. Bruh. Bruh. And bruh. Simon thinks... Like, of his last encounter with Maureen, like, her phone and how she was, like, really sweet and innocent and only 14. And then he's obviously just, like, he doesn't throw up, but he's, like, he's pulling a Jace. Jace and him are brothers, and they keep doing the same thing. So he goes to his knees and clutches his stomach as well. And he's sick about it. Blah. Blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I don't say blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, that was an intense episode it was a lot happened and by episode we chapter yeah Uh, we knew what you meant yeah same thing i mean i feel like this book is almost over Uh Mm uh-huh but not a lot has happened Uh Mm uh-huh yeah yeah but i feel like it's been very fast Uh uh-huh yeah. But it, it's been it's, interesting. The plot moves pretty quickly in this book, which uh-huh. I think is 
why the other two books are so fucking slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> So um, make sure you've read chapter 14, What Dreams May Come, for next week's episode. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.